back to the Student of the Game podcast. I am your host, Tavares Ellis. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. I know I say this every time I decide to record my podcast, but the reason why I say it is because I really do appreciate anybody taking the time to give my podcast a listen. I understand, hey, um, it's the weekend, probably just getting off work, or you just want to chill or relax, and you know, maybe you don't feel like hearing my voice, but I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, all right? So, we got the NBA season is back, okay? I know we're a little late, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of things going on, but we're back in the mix. Um, but today um, was the third, fourth day of the fourth day of the NBA season, the restart, and did anybody see that Rockets versus Bucks game? Oh my goodness, I didn't get a chance to see all of it, because you know, Wife, kids, you know, you know, eating dinner, giving baths, putting kids to bed and stuff. But um, I was impressed. The Rockets are impressing me, big time, big time. I mean, the deep James Harden's defense has been phenomenal these past two games. I hope he can keep it up. Um, his post, his post-up defense on Giannis, those last two possessions. Hey, you know what? Hey, if if, if we're giving, if we're gonna praise LeBron James for his good defense at the end of the game against the Clippers, okay, why, why, why isn't James Harden getting the same type of praise? You know, if anything, James Harden should be getting more, well, I hate to use the word praise, because as far as praise, I, I hey, you know, um, for me, I, I praise the Lord, I praise God. So let me change the word from praise to props. Okay, let's give James Harden his props the same way people are giving LeBron James props. And when you think about it, James Harden should be getting more props because the narrative that people would love to stick with, no matter how much new evidence has been shown in front of them, is James Harden is all offense. He doesn't care about defense. He does not care about defense. Especially we're in, in an age where, in, in the NBA, where, okay, when you think about it, who really does care about defense? Like, they can say they care about defense, but when you see it on the court, who, I mean, it's probably only a handful of players who consistently play defense all four quarters, okay? But, hey, you see the videos, and hey, I've ragged on James Harden about his defense, but I have not the past two seasons because he has improved on his defense. And it trips me out when people refuse to acknowledge the evidence that's that's right before their eyes. It's like, what, what what's going on here? I feel like I feel like Will Ferrell, um, <laughs> in uh, in Zoolander, his character Mugatu, he was like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills in here. He said that when people would not understand what he was talking about. And in that situation, okay, well, nobody knew what he was talking about because Mugatu was on some whole some whole nother level type stuff, right? Okay, and um, but it's it's blatantly obvious that James Harden has improved on his defense. Okay, especially his post-up defense. And I'm not talking about against guards that's his size. Okay, did he did you not see? against the Mavericks on Thursday, or was it Friday? Friday, okay, thank you, where um, he was going up against Christoph Porzingis, a.k.a. the Unicorn, 
the unicorn, folks. You know why they call this guy the unicorn? You know why? You know why? Because a skill set like his, you've seen that by as many times as you've seen the unicorn. Because it's unreal. Okay? Dude is like seven foot three or whatever, and, you know, he can, he, he, he can flat out shoot the ball. I mean, he can do anything on offense. Okay? And he had James Harden on him, who he's almost about a foot taller than. You know, it reminds me when I was a little kid trying to guard my dad in the post. And, man, Christoph Porzingis, boom, boom. And he went up, James Harden, stuffed the ball back in his face. Defense. That's one-on-one defense. Also, today, he had two possessions in a row where he, hey, I'm not going to say he locked down Giannis, but, oh, he, oh, he deed up on Giannis. He deed up on Giannis. Now, you thought the unicorn is something. Giannis, they don't call him the Greek freak for anything. Okay. As far as I know, the, the, the Greek freak nickname comes from what he does on the basketball court. And what he does off the court, I have no idea and I do not care as long as he's not harming anybody or doing anything illegal. Okay. But on the basketball court, this guy here is like a freak of nature. He can do about anything. He can just do about anything on the basketball court. He gets the ball in the post. Okay. But first, the first possession of that uh, in, in, uh, with two minutes left. Okay, he gets the ball, they go on the pick and roll, he catches the ball, he goes in for a left, then he has a layup, then bam, James Harden with the active hands, slaps the ball away, all ball, like, he hit all ball so, so well on that possession that even Giannis couldn't even, he's like, I, I can't even contest that, that, that he fouled me, because he straight up got all ball, and then, then James Harden gets the ball and he leaves the break with the assist, Russell Westbrook with the finish. And that's another reason. I love a lot of people say, hey, um, a healthy Chris Paul is better than having a healthy Russell Westbrook. But here's the thing. Russell Westbrook is mostly healthy. And the fact that you got to add the disclaimer that Chris Paul is healthy, that's big. Because Chris Paul, hey, I love him down here. But see, on those kind of plays, Chris Paul would not be able to finish that play. That's the difference between Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook is that when Harden is on the break, he can get a ball to Russell Westbrook to go finish at the rim. Okay, now, so that's that's a big difference, okay? People, you know, people want to say, well, Chris Paul is the better passer and stuff, that which is true. He's the better shooter also, which is true. But as far as finisher to the basket, it's hands down Russell Westbrook. His, his reckless abandon to attack the rim reminds me of Latrell Sprewell, one of my favorite players. But back to what we was talking about, about James Harden's defense, okay? So, they score on that drive, and then, hey, Bucks, they bring the ball down court. You see Giannis calling for the ball. Got Giannis. He has James Harden on. Hey, like I said in my tweet earlier about when Harden was D'ing up on 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 the unicorn, right? Christoph Porzingis, KP. All right. So, in the words of the great legend Shaquille O'Neal, that's supposed to be barbecue chicken. That's supposed to be barbecue chicken for Giannis. Cause now you got an angry Giannis who mad, who's already mad that James Harden um, swiped the ball from him. He was also already mad because hey, James Harden showed him up and and impressed him with his defense a little bit in the All Star game after Giannis straight up slammed my boy Harden on his defense. So you know Giannis is like, let me get this dude in the clutch, okay? Barbecue chicken. Well, Greek barbecue chicken. He gets the ball. Boom, boom. Oh, oh. He's trying to pass out, and he couldn't move hard. Okay, reminds me of that old Chuck Hayes defense. Chuck Hayes about six foot five, but you could not move him. 
James Harden wasn't backing down, and then Giannis you loses his balance because of Harden's defense and tries to throw the ball away, and Harden stuffs the ball, and then the ball is on. Guess and then one of the Rockets, I think it was PJ Tucker, got the interception, got the steal. Thinking about football, I'm saying the interception. <laughs> but um, man, that two, those were two big key possessions of the game. Okay. James Harden stepped up in the clutch right there on defense. Like his defense on those two plays was just as great as him coming down and and hitting the three-pointer dead in, in his opponent's eye. Those those type of plays are what separates contenders from pretenders. Okay? It separates from not winning the championship to winning a championship. Okay? Those type of plays. That's what separates them. Okay? That's what causes that that those type of plays right there are huge. And you have to have those, especially from your best players. Especially from your best players. And when you have Harden and Russell Westbrook Ding up guys like that, guess what? That's all that's gonna do is just motivate everybody else on that team who's already playing defense, okay? I mean, that, that was amazing. I mean, you're going up against the number one seed. Yeah, it was a home game for the Rockets, but in this day and age, the way it's going, you know, this it's home, home court advantage doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, they have the virtual fans, but that that's, that's about equivalent to me and you playing NBA 2K. All right? I mean, is the home crowd really bothering you when you're playing NBA 2K? No. I mean, outside of it making noise, but you can always turn your volume down. But it's not the same. It is not the same. Okay? And the Rockets, I'm, I'm telling you, they that was inspiring basketball right there. Inspiring basketball. I mean, that, that goes to show that, hey, this team can play defense. Because a lot of people were like, well, there was a lot of points scored in that Rockets and Mavericks game. So what about the Rockets' defense? Okay, they showed up today. You're not going to shut down a... Uh, a juggernaut team like the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they have guys. They, they got some. They got some. They have some ballers on that team. Okay. I mean, if if anybody's sleeping on Milwaukee, I mean, I mean what, where, where the heck have you been? Okay, that's the number one team in the league. They have the MVP, Giannis. Giannis. Okay, but Giannis got. I'm not sure how many he fit, finished the game with, but I know those. Hey, if we're going to count. And if we're gonna if we're gonna magnify LeBron James' performance based on how he performs at the end of the game, well, guess what? We gotta magnify James Harden's too. Okay, we have to magnify the beers. Okay, but if now if James Harden would have had a lackadaisical moment or wasn't playing top-notch defense, guess what? Those who love to drive that narrative that James Harden does not play defense, oh, they will be all up on it. That will, that's all they will talk about. But it's one of those things where a lot of people, they fail to keep that same energy. And that's, I mean, that's that's how it should be in life. Keep that same energy. You know, the same amount of attention, you pay attention to the negative, pay attention to the positive. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with that. But, but why devote all this attention toward the negative? Why? Because you want, you want to drive a narrative. And I'm talking about Max Kellerman. I'm talking about all the other ones that's like Max Kellerman. Mostly it's Max Kellerman. And I'm a Max Kellerman fan, but it's like, come on, dude. 
But in a way, I, I, I think he does that the same way Skip Bayless goes in on LeBron and stuff. I mean, hey, it, like I said with the Astros, embrace the villain role. If nobody embraces the villain role in talking about these players, then I guess it's going to be nothing. It's going to seem like everybody just giving them all props. I don't know. But you got to give props when props is due. I mean, you can say it's not a playoff game or whatnot, but hey, this is going up against the number one team in the league. Okay? They could have easily brushed that off and just say, man, this is just a regular season game. No, this this is a that game there to me is a potential NBA Finals preview. Potential NBA Finals preview. I could care less if Milwaukee makes it to the finals, but I want the Rockets in the finals. Yeah, I'm going to be biased because I'm a Houston Rockets fan. Yeah, I told y'all that from the jump. Everybody knows that. (laughs) If you don't know that, then you don't. You know nothing about me. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing about about me. But also, the Rockets are playing awesome. Now, if they would suck, if they suck, whether whether they're my team or not, I wouldn't want to see them in the finals. But they're playing championship caliber basketball, and I love it. They're playing... It's not like everybody else style of basketball, but they're playing the best Houston Rockets basketball that they can possibly play. And I love that. I love it, man. Love it, man. But awesome game. Russell Westbrook, uh, he finished about, what, 31, 32 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Harden had 6 steals. Love it. Daniel House, Robert Covington making big shots. P.J. Tuck on the defensive side of the ball. Austin Rivers, man, let me tell you something. Austin Rivers, I saw a quote. Who was it? Um, um, Jacoby from Jalen and Jacoby Show. He said, you can't tell. He said something along the lines that Austin Rivers, you, can, you can't tell that dude that he's not Michael Jordan in his mind. And I love his confidence. It reminds me uh, in the Clutch City days with Sam Cassell. That's what he reminds me of. His confidence is sky, is sky high. I love it. I love it. It was irritating pretty much when he wasn't a Rocket. But as a Rocket, I appreciate Austin Rivers' game. I mean, this Houston Rockets team, I mean, watch out. You know what? I hope nobody, I hope they don't watch out. Because like the great, because like the, like the great Al Pacino said when he played his character John Milton in The Devil's Advocate, and I've been saying this the past couple episodes lately, it's going to be my phrase. They never see, you never see me coming. They never see him coming. They never see, they're not going to see these Rockets coming because they that same narrative is still being driven that Harden doesn't play defense. Keep thinking that. Keep believing that. Keep that narrative up. All right. All right. Student of the game. Peace. Welcome back to Student of the Game Podcast. I am your host, Tavares Ellis. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Okay. Uh, I saw a hashtag going on a couple days ago, and it was talking about for Tua, is that uh, Tua, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, is that a limp or a swag walk? And I, I, I must have, I rewinded that video for about a hundred times okay and I'm lying I didn't rewind it a hundred times I just need to watch it five times right and how I felt on the first time watching it was the same as how I felt on the fifth time watching it 
that's no limp, folks. He is not limping. He is not limping. That's just how he walks. He is not limping, everybody. I mean, what? You know, you got people actually saying that that's a that's an obvious limp. Have you not seen a limp? I don't even and I don't even know if it's a swag walk, but I ch- I checked swag walk box because that was the only other option because I know it's not a limp. I mean, that's just how it's probably how the guy walked. I mean, I I don't know how he walked before that, but he, he's walking. And also, hey, he just got out his vehicle. He's walking into practice. I'm not sure if it's in the morning. Everybody, I mean, in the morning, hey, if you think he's walking funny, maybe his muscles are a little bit stiff. He's about to go in and work out and warm up. I mean, the, the team doctor said that he's clear to play. They just drafted this kid. There's no pressure to put him in right now because we don't even know if we're going to even have a season. And plus, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is he's going to be the starting quarterback initially. So what? It, why will the Dolphins make up a lot? Because we know that there's, it's highly likely that we might not have a season or it may get delayed. I'm thinking we're going to have a season that's going to at least get delayed. So there's no pressure for him to even play this year. So why would the Dolphins even lie? I mean, come on, y'all. Are, are we that hungry for content? I mean, if you're hungry for content, you can just... That doesn't mean you have to just make up stuff when it's right in your face. Just like how, how they make up stuff about James Harden's defense. It's pretty obvious he's playing defense, but you want to say he's not playing defense to stay on your same narrative. Jump off the page. Or, I mean, it. I mean, is there like crazy glue stuck up under your feet that's causing you not to do it? You got quicksand under your feet? Jump off that page and go to the correct page. Look, it's not a limp. It's not a limp. I mean, like, you can't, I mean, every, you know, most people walk different. I mean, I don't know too many people who walk the same. You know, because a lot of how you walk, it depends on your height, your size, the size of your head, the length of your hair, um, you know, the type of shoes you wear, you know, big, small, whatever, you know, or if you, you know, what type of music you're thinking about in your head, what type of rhythm you're thinking about in your head. A lot of that has to do with your, you know, your walk has a lot to do with that. Your breathing, all of that stuff, your heart, cardio, Everything or is your, your back. I'm, I mean, I'm like, that is not a limp. And I hate that I watched that video four extra times and then I came back to the same conclusion because I knew I was right the first time. But that was little old me saying, you know what? Let me play devil's advocate here and let me try to put myself in their shoes. But it's like, you know what? Something is wrong with y'all that who believe, if y'all believe that Tua has a limp. I think those same people are the same ones who feel like President Barack Obama has a limp when he's when he walks, right? The cool walk that Barack Obama has, you know, you probably call that referred to, to that as a limp too, right? Or oh, when you seen the ludicrous video, when I move, you move just like that. You, you thought that was a limp too, right? You, you, you didn't think by chance that's a cool walk. That's a cool walk. I mean, what's wrong with that? Oh, I, I bet you y'all the same ones who thought George Jefferson was 
limping when he was just doing his George Jefferson stroll on. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's amazing. That's amazing. But I tell you what, here's the silver lining of that of that. And here's how Tua can use that to his benefit. Hear me out. If you think it's a limp, then that works for Tua's advantage. Because you know what? That means if you're a defender, especially if you're a defender, you never see him coming. You never see him coming. You know why? Because you think he has that limp. So when he's mobile in the pocket, dropping dimes on you, you're not going to see it coming. Because you think that's a limp. The fans or the commentators, the analysts who think that's a limp, you're not going to see that coming. You're not going to see it coming. Always find a way to bring it. You're not see it coming in. You see that? <laughs> but also, you remember in, um, you know, they never saw Virgil in, um, in the in the film, The Usual Suspects. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm about to spoil, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, for those of you who have not seen the movie, The Usual Suspects, it came out about 25 years ago. Hey, um, go watch the movie and then come back. Nah, never mind. Continue to listen to the podcast. Once again, it's like the movie The Titanic. You know what's going to happen. You still see it, but it does not take away from the greatness of the movie. All right? The Usual Suspects. Kevin Spacey character. Virgil. Okay? He walks with a limp throughout the whole movie. And nobody suspects him to be Kaiser Soze. The most most ruthless gangster alive so gangster that people believe that he's actually the devil okay they never believe it's him because he's walking with a limp they refer to him as a gimp a nobody uh, a weak minded person in the movie but at the end of the movie you find out it is him and you see the part where he was walking he was limping and all of a sudden the limp turns into a normal walk by his standards you never see it coming you never see that coming so keep thinking that to a normal walk (laughs) alright is a limp and guess what once again you will never see it coming you will get Kaiser Soze two is gonna Kaiser Soze some people out there on that field and some people who are out there watching the game. He's going to Kaiser Soze them. In a good way. Okay? Not the criminal warlord way in the movie. Thank God. Hopefully not. But, you know, that... that for those of you who think that's a limp, like, wow. I, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe, maybe you've been in quarantine for too long. You forgot how people walk now. I don't know. But that's all I have to add to that. Student of the game. Welcome back, Student of the Game Podcast, Tavares Ellis. I'm your host. I'm here. I'm still here. Alright? There's no new host. Sometimes I wonder should I even just stop saying my name, right? 
when I say student of the game, you should know it's me, right? Have we gotten that close yet? No, not that. Okay. In due time. They say normally it takes three years to know somebody. So I'm, 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 listen, everybody, I'm in here for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere, Lord willing. Okay. So check this out. Tom Thibodeau is the new head coach for the New York Knicks. That, that's, I'm still here. I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking if I'm a New York Knicks fan. If I was a New York Knicks fan, am I happy with that? I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what Tom Thibodeau can bring to the Knicks. That's better than Mark Jackson. You know, I mean, I I don't know. And, and, and Mark Jackson is so cool and professional, man. He, he doesn't seem to be he says all the right things in public. So. But I, 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 I want to see the New York Knicks do good. Okay, I liked the Knicks back in the day. It wasn't my team, but I, I, I liked it. I always thought it was a good team. You know, when you think New York Knicks, you think tough, grinded out basketball. Okay? And now, I, I, I don't get why... You know, Tom, you know, Thibodeau just had his chance in Minnesota when he was the head coach and like the CEO or the president or whatever. And I don't get why, you know, he is the head coach of the Knicks. What's so special about Tom Thibodeau? I mean, his calling card is defense, right? His calling card is defense. And the defense for the Minnesota Timberwolves was dead last his years when he was there dead last and he did not have any scrubs on that team okay his defense was dead last you hear me off I mean defense was dead last so why is he getting to be the head coach of the New York Knicks that's supposed to be the Mecca right New York How, why, why is he the coach of the why not Mark Jackson? Did you not see the work he did with the Splash Brothers? Why not Mark Jackson? When he even when he played basketball as a point guard, he was a general, floor general, a leader, a coach on the court. Did you not see how great how better the Pacers became when Mark Jackson became the point guard over there? I mean, like, why? I mean, why why Tom Thibodeau? Why Tibbs? I mean, I... I don't even need... Uh, I don't even need to... I don't even need to pull a race card on this. Because it's blatantly obvious that Mark Jackson is the better coach. I mean... Well, why is Thibodeau get, getting another shot at this? You know, what... what, what, what Honestly, I don't even know why they even got ever got rid of Mike Woodson. That's the last time they won a playoff game. What are you looking for, Knicks? New York Knicks, what are you looking for? I mean, what? I don't know. Uh, you know what? In, 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 
In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Student of the Game podcast. I mean, uh, you know what? I still got more to say. I mean, it, no, do I got no. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies, they was known for having that grit mentality when they had Zach Randolph, Tony Allen. Um, they, they called it the Grindhouse. Mark Gasol, um, what was the point guard they had? Um, Mike Conley. Yeah, Mike Conley. I mean, that, that squad there, man, you know, that that looked like how a Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau team's supposed to play. But they, 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 they could never, they didn't play that kind of style. You know, so it's like, you know, and the coach of that team was Lionel Hollins. You know, and... You know, he hasn't gotten another coaching job since then. I mean, I'm not understanding that. I mean, he orchestrated the grindhouse over there. He hasn't gotten another head coach position. He coached, he coached, um, he coached in, in Brooklyn for one year, or one and a half years, or whatever it was, but I... Why, why not him? I would choose. He did. He he performed better in Brooklyn than Thibodeau performed in Minnesota. And, and Thibodeau was the president also. Ah <laughs> uh, man, it's. I mean, Thibodeau was awesome in Chicago, but this is not Chicago. E. Rose, Joe Kim, Noah, Luau, Dang, not come, Jimmy Butler, not coming the same. But I hope he, I hope he does good for the, for the sake of the city of New York, man. I want to see them do good, man. I, I want to see the Knicks do good. But you know, it, it trips me out that, that Mark Jackson is not a, is not a coach. I mean, and who knows? Maybe Mark Jackson has been turning some of these offers down because I'm pretty sure he's, hey, you know, that look it took on, on the outside looking at it. That the gig he has with Jeff Van Gundy, you know, commentating on the games, broadcasting on the games, that looks like an awesome gig. So I would, I mean, it reminds me of when John Gruden was still in the booth. I mean, and it's like I'm pretty sure he had coaching offers, but he was probably just waiting, waiting on the right deal. And you can afford to do that when you have a good gig like the broadcasting, broadcasting gig. So, but we'll see how Tibbs do. I'm gonna um, definitely. Um, I'm gonna definitely be following that. Hopefully he does good, and you know, and the New York Knicks get. I'm not saying I want the Knicks to win the championship as long as it doesn't come to the expense of my Houston Rockets, okay? Because push comes shove, my Rockets. We just have. We'll, if we see the Knicks in the finals again one day, we might have to just beat up on them like we did when Elijah won, beat Patrick Ewing and those boys back there in the day, right? <laughs> All right, student of the game podcast. Peace. Thank you.